This podcast is written and presented by Julie Sanchez Perotti, research assistant at the Rosicrucian Research Library. The talk was first presented at the Focus the Nation event held in Rosicrucian Park on January 31st, 2008. The mystical bee explores, from ancient to modern times, the mystic symbolism of the bee and esoteric and religious thought, the economic and ecological impact of the bee, and why the continued existence of this precious creature is so important to human survival. Since the earliest times of human existence, the bee has been revered and incorporated as a symbol into religion and mysticism. Let us start in prehistoric times. The oldest bee fossil dates as far back as 100 million years ago. Bee fossils are primarily encased in ancient tree sap, also known as amber. These fossils are found mainly in Europe, especially off the Baltic coast. In 300 BCE, a Greek astronomer and sailor named Pythias discovered these fossils on the Baltic coast and notes them in his journal which was translated by William Hay in 1755. It reads, The bee, enclosed and through the amber seam, seems buried in the juice which was its own. So honored was a life in labor spent. Such might it wished to have this monument. From these fossils, scientists have noted that the bee really hasn't evolved much over millions of years. Scientists have even recently discovered, by dissecting one of these ancient bees trapped in amber, that the prehistoric bee still has the same digestive bacteria as our present-day bee. Before the bee was the pollen-collecting bee we know now, it was more like a specialized type of wasp. They fed on smaller insects and most likely hung around flowers, eating the smaller insects which were covered in pollen. Over time, these insect-preying evolutionary bees must have grown more accustomed to the pollen that was on the smaller insects than the insects themselves. Scientists believe this preferential change in diet led to the creation of the bee we see in our gardens today. We know as well from cave paintings in Europe and South Africa dating from around the Stone Age 18,000 to 11,000 BCE, that humans knew the importance of bees. In one particular cave, known as the Arana Cave in Valencia, Spain, we discovered that prehistoric humans gathered honey from wild hives. They would use rope ladders to access the hives and animal skin to protect them from stings. They gathered the honey in pouches and lowered them down to a person waiting below. Prehistoric humans used honey as a sweetener and also to make a delicious fermented drink. They regarded honey as a giver of life and a substance necessary to existence like water and milk. Over time, when humanity evolved from nomadic to agrarian societies, they did not forget the importance of the bee and began cultivating the bee in human-made hives. Ancient Egyptians must have known from the earliest times, the pre-dynastic era, about the communal life of bees. They must have realized that one bee, the queen bee, was larger in size than all other bees of the hive. Because in approximately 3500 BCE, the ancient Egyptians chose to use the bee as a royal hieroglyphic symbol for Lower Egypt. 
The hieroglyph of the bee means he who belongs to the bees. In the Cahun Papyrus, most likely speaking of the pharaoh Narmer, it states, He hath united the two lands. He hath joined the reed to the bee, the reed being the hieroglyph symbolizing Upper Egypt. Later in history, the bee was also used for a royal symbol by the Chaldeans, and much later in France by Napoleon. In Egyptian religion and mythology, bees were thought of as the living tears of the sun god Ra, and bees are still an esoteric thought connected with solar symbolism and with fire. Bees were also associated with the goddess Neith, whose temple was known as the Purbit, meaning house of the bees. We also know that honey was used in ancient Egypt for rituals and during the mummification process. When the ancient Egyptians began keeping bees, they did so in hives made of woven wicker cylinders covered with clay. They would use these bees for pollination, transporting the hives from crop to crop on rafts up and down the Nile River. In Mesopotamia, which includes the ancient inhabitants of the Euphrates Valley and ancient civilizations such as Babylonia, Sumeria, and Assyria, there is evidence that there was an acknowledgement of bees, and there is evidence of beekeeping. Honey is mentioned frequently in inscriptions and was in high demand for libations in religious rituals. Archaeologists also know that wax from hives was used as early as 2050 BCE for the casting of bronze statues. In India, the oldest of the sacred books, the Rigveda hymns, estimated to be compiled between 2000 and 3000 BCE, alludes to honey and to bees. As the gods Vishnu, Krishna, and Indra were known as the Madhava, the nectar-born ones. Indian writers have compared the bee to the soul, which takes in the sweet, intoxicating pollen of knowledge. In China, bees do not seem to be noted until around the 16th century. In the Chinese Encyclopedia of 1727, there is a section on bees, which mentions that the sight of a swarm of bees should be interpreted as a good omen. And there is an additional 30 pages written on honey. As we know, in China, as well as India, honey was used in the practice of religious rituals. Bee symbolism really begins to explode in Ephesus. Bee symbolism began, according to the ancient writer Philostratos, with the founding of Ephesus. As the myth states, Athenians who came to colonize the land were led by muses who were in the form of bees. In the ancient lands of Ephesus, there is evidence of an Anatolian goddess whom the Hittites called Ha'ana Ha'ana, who sent a bee to raise the god Telepinu from the dead. In addition, there are ancient Anatolian tombs in the shape of beehive. They are known as the Tholos tombs. Scholars believe this Anatolian goddess is an ancient prototype of the Ephesian great mother goddess Artemis. Artemis's ancient statues were covered with images of bees, which rested along her belt and skirt. Excavations of temple sites revealed many gold ornaments in the shapes of bees. 
The excavations also uncovered ancient Ephesian coins, which are stamped with images of beasts. Priestesses of the Temple of Artemis were called Melissi, or bees, of the goddess. It is speculated that these priestesses were directed by male priests called Essenes, or king bees, who served in the temple under strictest rules of purity. In Crete and other islands of the Aegean Sea, there is archaeological evidence of another bee goddess, who is known by the Minoan or Mycenaean as the pure mother bee. Images of this goddess can be found on ancient coins and tokens of the islands. The symbolism continues in ancient Greece with the Eleusinian mysteries and the sacred city of Delphi. The mystery religion of Eleusis consisted of powerful initiations and was an influential mystical experience for the ancient Mediterranean world. It was based on the myth of Demeter, a goddess of fertilization, and her daughter Persephone, who was abducted and taken to the underworld by the god Hades. The priestesses of this ancient mystery religion were known again in Greek as melissi, bees, or producers of sweetness. Delphi was another sacred site in Greece in the ancient world. In the city of Delphi stood the temple of the mighty god Apollo, and residing there as well was the oracle, a divine woman who told prophetic riddles. There were priestesses at Delphi who were definitely meant to symbolize bees. These priestesses are very similar to the Greek mythological theri, who were bee-like virginal nymphs who were prophetic and interpreted omens and signs of nature, a gift that they taught to Apollo on Mount Parnassus in Delphi. The Homeric hymn to Hermes states the following about the Theri. From their home they fly, now here, now there, feeding on honeycomb and bringing all things to pass. And when they are inspired through eating yellow honey, they are willing to speak the truth. But if they be deprived of the God's sweet food, then they speak falsely as they swarm in and out together. It is also a common consensus among scholars that the oracle was referred to and known as the Delphic bee. Bees also have a place in Christian symbolism. Proverbs 6, 8 state, Consider the bee and see how she labors. In early Christianity, the communal life of a beehive became a symbol for the spiritual life among monastic communities. The bee was also used as an early symbol for the resurrection of Christ, comparing the three-month hibernation of the bees when they disappeared during winter to the three days after the crucifixion, when Christ's body disappears prior to the resurrection. Medieval Christian writers compared the bee to Christ, the bee's honey symbolizing mercy and its sting symbolizing judgment. In Rosicrucian thought, the bee is interpreted as a philosophical and alchemical symbol. There is an antiquated legend that a bee landed on the lips of Plato while he was a baby, lying in the cradle, and brought his mind and soul the gifts of eloquence and poetry. Later, Plato likens the souls of lyrical poets to bees, saying that they are light-winded and holy, and bring songs from honeyed fountains. Robert Flood 
a 17th century Rosicrucian, uses the bee in an illustration he entitled Dot Rosa Mel Apibus, meaning the rose gives honey to the bees. In this illustration from 1629, Flood depicts a prominent rose resting on a wooden cross, which is being visited by two bees. To the left of the rose is a spider's web, and to the right of the rose is a storage of kept hives. In Rosicrucian philosophy, we are taught that the rose is a symbol of the unfolding soul, which unfolds itself to perfection through many lives on this earth. The bee, being itself a symbol of the rose, transforms the rose into a symbol of immortality. Dr. Meyer points out in his book, The 47th Proposition of Elucid, that Robert Flood was familiar with the writings of Porphyry, a famous philosopher during the Neoplatonic era. Porphyry states that the bee is an animal which is accustomed to return to its former place. For Flood's illustration takes on a deep Rosicrucian meaning, which symbolizes our soul transporting between our physical domain, the hives, to the sweet, rewarding cosmic domain, the rose. This illustration has been interpreted alchemically. Peter Benden, Rosicrucian Order Amwork's Grand Master of Australia, states in the secret Rosicrucian tradition that the bee's labor is much like that of the alchemist. As the bee collects nectar from a whole field of flowers only to produce a single drop of honey, so must the alchemist intensely labor, contemplating and working the principles of nature to only get one step further on the path towards enlightenment. With this interpretation, we are able to reveal the symbolism of the spider's web, which lingers in the background to snare the unwary bee. In practicing spiritual alchemy, the mystic must always be aware of pitfalls and vices that must be broken. The spider's web then becomes a symbol of distraction and lack of focus. It is so easy for us to return to our prior state after working so hard to advance. If we lose focus for one day, we can find ourselves back where we started. Have you ever knocked down a spider's web just to find out that the spider rebuilt it in the same place the next day? The life of the bee in the hive has brought about philosophical discussion in comparing the bee society with human society. The beehive has always been associated in a mundane context as a symbol of industry and labor, but esoterically we can explore the symbol deeper. Past imperator of the Rosicrucian Order Amwork, Ralph M. Lewis, states in his book, Behold the Sign, the following about the symbolism of the beehive. Being busy as little bees may give rise to the belief that the beehive is an emblem of industry and that it reminds us of the fact that we must labor and none shall be idle among us. But one can hardly call that a mystical interpretation of the symbol. And it most certainly is not the ancient meaning given by the mystics of Egypt and other countries to this strange natural emblem. The beehive, in the days of old, typified several laws of nature and several principles of divine mysticism. In brief, they are that we must build a place wherein to labor, and this was to represent the temple, that within the temple all must be engaged in mutual cooperative production. This was the foundation or keystone of the cooperative crafts or guilds. 
that we are servants unto others and must devote our lives to extracting from nature those elements which are useful to humans and refine them. In this sense, honey was often used to represent the same principles for humans to follow. That we must take from the material world such elements as will build our bodies into a home for the soul to reside, as the bee builds the hive into which is stored the sweets of life. In other words, the mystical interpretation of the symbol was that we must hold our outer and physical body so that it will contain and preserve the richness, sweetness, and fruits of our labor and experiences, not for our own selfish use, but for the upholding and strengthening of others. There is, indeed, a great lesson to be learned from a study of this mystical interpretation, and we find the pyramids of Egypt were built in a similar design and in a similar manner for a similar purpose. As you can see, the bee is important to humankind and our ancestors were much more aware of it than contemporary society. Today, the bees are facing a terrible epidemic. In March of 2007, the Committee on Agriculture at the U.S. House of Representatives was presented with a shocking report from the National Research Council that detailed the inexplicable disappearance of millions of honeybees across the nation. Between 1947 and 2005, colony numbers declined over 40% from 5.9 million to 2.4 million. In spite of these losses, the need for pollinators and fueling our huge agricultural industry has grown. In fact, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, bees pollinate more than 130 crops in the U.S. and add $15 billion in crop value annually. They are especially necessary for blueberry and nut crops, such as almonds. The meat and dairy industry also relies on the bees to pollinate the huge supplies of alfalfa, clover, and hay to feed the hundreds of millions of cattle, goats, and sheep across the country. In addition, bees provide us with a valuable and nutritious commodity all by themselves, which is their honey. Unfortunately, similar reports of the collapse of bee colonies have come in from Belgium, France, the Netherlands, Greece, Italy, Portugal, and Spain, and initial reports have also begun from Switzerland, Germany, and Taiwan on this distressing and dangerous trend. The global climate change has affected the life of the bees. For example, there have been reports that flowers are blooming earlier in the Rocky Mountain region of the United States. The change in timing of flowering can negatively affect the patterns of pollinators as they travel from place to place. If the bees are arriving and the flowers have already bloomed, climate changes and human development also contribute to the loss of bee habitat and plant species. A modern mystic and scientist, Albert Einstein, once said, If the bee disappeared off the surface of the globe, then man would only have four years of life left. No more bees, no more pollination, no more plants, no more animals, no more man. Fortunately, it is not too late for us to improve the ecological situation we are facing. Awareness is the first step, and recently, thankfully, there has been heightened awareness of our delicate connection with Earth. To help the bee survive, 
Here is a list of things you can do to sustain the bee and nature. Plant a bee garden. Even a small backyard garden can ease the impact of the urban environment on bees and other pollinators. Bees' favorites include flowering fruit plants, red apple ice plant, English ivy, hummingbird mint, and borage. Experts also suggest that a portion of your garden be wild. Dandelions and other wild flowering plants are just as attractive to the pollinators as our cultivated varieties. You can buy locally produced antibiotic-free honey. The best way to help keep bees available for agricultural pollination is to keep beekeeping viable. And the best way to help your local beekeepers is to buy honey. Buying locally not only supports area beekeeping, but also reduces transportation fuel and overhead costs. Make sure to ask the grocer or beekeeper selling the honey to affirm that no antibiotics were used in the hives. Eat organically grown, pesticide-free foods and garden without pesticides. Pesticides affect bees and have led to the decline of many colonies. They also are not so healthy for us. In your own gardening, if synthetic chemical pesticides absolutely must be used, it is suggested to apply them at dusk when the honeybees are not present. You can raise bees yourself. This will increase the overall number of bees. Classes are available on beekeeping at many extension schools or through your local beekeepers association. Looking into and getting involved in your local beekeepers association, you will see for yourself the intriguing nature of bees. Communicate your concerns to lawmakers. Let your elected representatives and administrators know on all levels that you are deeply concerned about the current disappearance of the bee and the related ecological phenomena. You do not have to propose a solution. Just ask them to investigate and support even further steps being taken to study and reverse the situation. In addition to all these, all sound, sustainable, and green practices are useful in slowing global climate change and restoring the balance of the ecosystem. These include less driving, using public transportation or carpooling, recycling, using washable rather than disposable dishware, planting native, sustainable gardens, replacing incandescent lights with energy-efficient LED bulbs, and shopping for locally grown organic foods. These and other sustainable practices can only help in restoring a healthy environment for the vanishing bees and for all of us on the planet.